Barry Duplissy coming to you from PCA 2023 here at the Venetian Expo in Las Vegas, Nevada. Uh, standing here with my good friend, Mr. Skip Martin of Aroma Craft Tobac. Skip, do you fold or crinkle? Uh, we talking about, what are we talking about? You told me to ask you an interesting question. Do I fold or crinkle? Yeah, open-ended open question. Are we talking about cellophane? Okay, so cellophane, after I take a cigar out of cellophane, I tie it into an, a bow, like a knot. Okay, cool. I don't, I don't fold it, I don't crinkle it. <laughs> I tie it into a knot. After over a decade in this industry, Skip, you and Mike Rizal, your partner, have put together some of the hottest cigars that are on the market, like you are always fond of saying. You sell everything you make, and uh, you are now making some other additional cigars new to the Coroma Craft portfolio that we're really excited to talk about. Uh, let's talk about the, the project that we've been seeing in the making for over a year now, uh, celebrating uh, a milestone in your own personal life and the lives of the people that you call family, uh, the Quinn Quaginario. What can you tell us a little bit about this project? Yeah, so um, when I was turning 50, uh, we decided that, uh, <clears throat> what I decided was is that I had been in Nicaragua for 10 years and what I wanted to do is go back into that mode of learning. And so I, I called Ernie and I said, hey, um, I really want to learn more about Dominican tobacco. So my thought process is this, this brand called King Quaginario, I turned 50 in, in 22, Esteban was going to turn 50 in 24, and, uh, or Will, and Mike was going to turn 50 in 26. So I said, if we create this King Guajanario, we I could go back to my roots, where I started as a cigar fanboy, but now having the knowledge that I have, having made cigars for 10 years, and go into a place where I can, I, with the accelerated learning curve, now I know what I'm talking about, but I can still learn. And so what can I learn about Dominican tobacco? What can I learn about the way you make cigars? That actually means something to me now, now that I have, having done it myself for 10 years. And, and when you say Ernie, you're talking about the legend Ernesto Pesco. Ernesto Trio, yeah. Yes. Uh, yeah. So um, he said, yeah, at the same time, he was actually talking about making a similar thing with Christian, because Christian and I are exactly the same age, right? right? And so uh, I said, well, let me know. It actually started before that. I was going to make kind of the way Pete did the uh, H. Upman, I think, it was, or no, the Henry Clay with Altidus. Mm -hmm. Yes. I was going to do a project like that with General for El Credito. Mm -hmm. Uh, an old, an old uh, project, Rico Habano, mm -hmm. and that didn't really pan out because Jack left, and and that thing didn't really pan out. Um, so I kind of pivoted to this, and so we went there. I spent a year finding tobaccos and looking at tobaccos. The cigars almost 100% Dominican. It's got an Ecuador dark uh, Sumatra wrapper. Uh, but other than that, the binder is from Leo Reyes, it's Dominican. Two of the fillers are from Leo Reyes, Dominican. Uh, two of the tobaccos are from Ernesto's uh, library of tobacco uh, that just don't exist anymore, uh, old stuff. So uh, we made them. Uh, we, you know, it was a lot of fighting, a lot of crying, <laughs> you know, a lot of hugging. And then um, they made them over about five months and then uh, they've been made for about a year so terrific yeah we made 50,000 which is about 2,048 count boxes in some bundles and uh, they are shipping probably next month 
So terrific. You yeah. know, we talked before the camera started rolling, Skip. We were talking a lot about joy, and I, I can actually see the joy uh, when you talk about this project. Because again, you mentioned some heavy hitters in this industry, and like you said, you've come a long way. You have the, the accelerated learning curve that you were talking about, that you were able to take. When you went back to your roots, as you called it, and to be able to learn on this accelerated learning curve that you were talking about, um, you know, how how did it feel different than when you started the process yourself in Nicaragua? Well, I mean, the process is pretty similar. What, what really changed was is I had spent five or six years not really... I, I was getting deeper in knowledge about what we were doing, but I, I didn't wasn't really exposed to new things. So, um, I mean, for example, we, we've had a challenge with Atapadaka. We had a, a we had a we had a, a problem that ruined about six thousand pounds. So basically, um, we we can't reproduce BA uh, because the Atapadaka that we had been taken care of for years and years and years uh, went bad. So. Um, Long story there, you know, but it is what it is. So BA, we stopped production at the in September of last year. Uh, Cro-Magnon, we bought broadleaf six years ago, and we've been consuming that. And for every year, for six years, we've been looking for the same kind of quality tobacco, and it just doesn't exist. So, um, or at least nobody has it that will sell it to me. So uh, we actually stopped production of Cro-Magnon. So we were going to have to fill those gaps with new projects, uh, which we don't launch new things that often. Correct. Our last new thing was uh, Baca in 2019. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that even that one is like 80,000 cigars a year, right? So, um, Cro-Magnon is 350,000 cigars a year. Uh, BA is 200,000 cigars a year, right? So that's more. That's about half of our production. So enter in a new project. Right, so I'm working on this. <clears throat> Mike, for a long time, has wanted to work with Sumatra. I am not a fan of Sumatra, but having spent the time with Ernie, learning about Sumatra hybrids, learning about ways to blend the, the things you don't like out of it. So the Volstead is a direct result of the work I did with Ernie on King Guajanario. Um, he pushed and pushed and pushed to use an Equ I wanted to use a Dominican wrapper, but he pushed and pushed to use Sumatra, and so and it's a it's a collaboration. So it's not just all me, right? So um, when we when we went through that process, it's like okay, I'll use Sumatra, but here's my criteria. He's like, well, you've got to learn more, and in that process of learning that stuff. Um, is where Volstead was born. So, you know, Whisker Rebellion was an extension of BA, but Volstead is an extension of EC. Uh, so, um, you know, we make Neanderthal. We have a lot of yield of, of binder from the San Andreas from Neanderthal, but it's very heavy. And the same way that the Asian tobaccos work with Broadleaf and uh, with Cro-Magnon and Aquitaine, the heavy wrappers, the the Cameroon and, and Indonesians work great with that tobacco and Whisker Rebellion Indonesia. Uh, in this case, we, f we went the other direction with the heavy binder from Neanderthal working really well with the Sumatra hybrid. So the work we did here helped me kind of develop Volstead. It's really interesting how the Venn diagram of your process and you know the equation that you put, because again, you're very methodical in the way that you analyze your production and of course your incessant desire of course and, to, and dedication to quality and finding the right tobaccos. 
kind of allowed for this creative process to kind of just unearth kind of organic because it had to and that's what's really kind of exciting about these two releases yeah I mean you know we've been considering for a while how do we get our production you know beyond the 1.2 million so we opened up our new pre-industry that's that's another 40,000 square feet you know where we have we're doing our own pre-industry uh, pre now, more pylones, more, we have a, a whole new 40 people working in that area. Um, we've moved all of our, you know, the million or so dollars worth of tobacco we had from everywhere into our own facility. We've, we've tripled that volume now, we're up to about three million in, in raw material. And so we, we have the material to continuously support, because you, as you know, th there's people here with six, seven new brands, right? This is our first new brand in four years. Mm -hmm. um, we had e EC and we had Cro-Magnon in 2010, ECBA and Aquitaine in 2011, 12, Neanderthal in 14, 16. We had Whiskey Rebellion and Baca because of the because of the FDA thing was coming, and then in uh, 19 we did. Or, I'm sorry, 19 we did. Or, we had Wonderlust and Whiskey, mm -hmm. and then in 19 we did Baca. Um, all those were evolutions, but, but we, they were all made to be consistent lines over time. We sell the same number, uh, every SKU we've ever launched, we still sell, right? We don't, we don't launch things, let them die, launch something else, whatever. Right. So, um, and it's a credit to this process, Kip. we've talked about this. Yeah. So. so one of the things we've been trying to do is we've been trying to figure out how do we expand. I can't make the factory bigger, right? And I really feel like if we move to another facility, it may change a lot of things that, that you know, like the smell of the factory contributes to the flavors and this size of this room, for whatever reason, the chemistry makes it work a certain way. Oh, interesting. It's like every factory has its own taste or smell. Its own you know, DNA. Like, yeah, yeah. Makes sense. So one of the things we've been thinking about is launching brands with other factories. And part of King Quaginario is us working with other factory to figure out, can we have them do it our way? And, and what can we do with their inventory tobaccos? I mean, you see a lot of cigar things now where, like take uh, Espinosa, they're friends of ours. I mean, hopefully I won't offend them, but, but uh, they have 601. They, they, it's impossible to find the inventories of tobaccos that support that. They have their own factory, Lozona. Mm -hmm. But you go to AJ and say, hey, can I buy some tobacco? And he's like, instead of selling you the tobacco, let me just make the cigar. And now a big piece of Espinosa is made at the other factory. Right. Saka made it two factories, right? Nick made it two or three factories. Illusion uh, made it two or three factories. You know, Pete Johnson, mainly uh, uh, my father, but also the uh, you know the the other factory that they work with, right? Correct. So what we're trying to do is we're trying to figure out can we expand what we do <clears throat> and and make a good sustainable brand in another factory. So King Guajinaro was a part of that as well, right? So that. A lot of excitement and a lot of things to come to see. And, and, and again, we've, we've learned so much about how you are and your diligence, Skip, over the years and your, the pride that you take in making these cigars. So with these, with these new thoughts about expansion and these predicaments that you found yourself in, uh, we're really excited to see what's going to come out of some of these potential partnerships that you talk about down the road. So uh, congratulations on Quinquagenario. Volstead and uh, all the things to come Thanks. and uh, we really appreciate over your over 10 years of dedication to this industry and Thanks, some man. of our favorite cigars we're fanboys we like to say that and uh, for the Cigar Coop Coalition Skip Martin of Roma Craft Tobacco we'll see you soon everybody. Thanks guys.